Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 120. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. If you are new here, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for taking the time to listen on your walk, uh, during your exercise, doing the dishes, whatever you are doing on your drive to school, whatever you are doing, uh, as you are listening to me right now. I'd love to see what you are doing. If you are in our Facebook group, uh, the medical school, um, the pre-med hangout, it's called, then uh, I would love for you to post a picture there and and tag me, Ryan Gray, or on Instagram, tag me at medical school HQ. Just take a selfie of you taking or of you listening to this podcast. I'd love for that. This week, we are diving back into bio biochem this time with Passage 2 from Next Step Test Prep, Full Length 10. Clara, how are you doing today? Oh, I am doing great. How are you? I'm excited for some more bio biochem from Next Step, Full <laughs> Length 10. Are you prepared to to uh, school me on, on bio biochem and amino acids and all kinds of other fun stuff? Oh, I'm so ready. All right. Um, any uh, any big things that we need to know before we dive into this pas- uh, passage? No, this is a pretty um, this is a exciting passage because it's a uh, really high yield topic. So this is going to talk about insulin, uh, and so insulin, glucagon, all those hormones uh, are super high yield. They relate to metabolism, endocrine system. And then, of course, we might even see some amino acids in here too, because they are everywhere. <laughs> all right, let <laughs> me go ahead and all dive right. in. Yeah, passage two. Insulin is one of the smallest proteins in the human body, with only fifty-one amino acids. However, its role in maintaining homeostasis is tremendous. Insulin consists of two chain subunits linked together by a pair of disulfide bonds. The precursor of insulin, proinsulin, is a single-chain peptide. Proinsulin is cleaved at two basic amino acids to create insulin and a small peptide chain byproduct, chain C. Insulin's action depends completely on its binding to an insulin receptor protein found in most cell membranes. Patients with mutations in the gene that codes for insulin receptors suffer from Donahue syndrome, or leprechaunism, an autosomal recessive disorder characterized by severely stunted growth. The binding of insulin to its receptor sets in motion many cellular signaling pathways. Insulin encourages cellular glucose uptake by translocating GLUT4 transporter proteins to the cell membrane. It encourages glycolysis, glycogen synthesis, and fatty acid synthesis. 
Insulin-like growth factor, or IGF, is a hormone secreted by the liver upon stimulation by growth hormone. It is highly similar to insulin. It binds to a variety of receptors in order to mediate human growth. Diabetes is a class of disorders characterized by problems with insulin. Type 1 diabetes is characterized by a lack of insulin production. Type 2 diabetes is characterized by insensitivity of cells to insulin, known as insulin resistance, despite insulin's presence. Okay. So this is a, a more fun paragraph because it's it's like anatomy, physiology kind of stuff. And so students may go, yes. Um, is there a specific trap to go, oh, I'm a diabetic or, oh, my, my dad has diabetes. I know all about insulin. Um, so this is going to be easy. Is, is there a danger to knowing too much about insulin <laughs> and diabetes? There's always a danger to knowing too much on the MCAT. Um, and that's something we saw in cars too, right? Where if you uh, had a lot of detailed background information about a certain topic, uh, well, the passage isn't isn't detailed, right? The passage will probably uh, won't be able to go into all this detail. It probably wasn't written necessarily by an expert in that specific field. Uh, so I actually see this problem a lot with uh, students who work in certain labs and study certain phenomena, where maybe you know you know everything about insulin inside and out. But the, the questions are going to ask about what an MCAT student needs to know plus whatever's in the passage. So you have to always try to keep in perspective, okay, what would an MCAT student who's maybe really well-versed in the MCAT content but doesn't know anything outside of that, what, did, what would they know? And don't, don't go beyond that information. Okay. Ooh, all right. Question five. Which of the following will most likely cause low blood glucose levels a a hormone secreting tumor in the alpha cells of the pancreas b a hormone secreting tumor in the beta cells of the pancreas c a lesion to the beta cells of the pancreas or d a hormone secreting tumor in the thyroid gland <sighs> all right so we have to go back and figure out insulin um, and, and what it does, and it helps um, the uptake of glucose into cells, taking it out of the blood. So, so I'm assuming too much insulin because of that would cause low blood sugar. And so the question is, what causes too much insulin? Well, if you're secreting a hormone uh, as a tumor, potentially maybe... Uh, that would be an issue. Um, and so because of that kind of thought process, I'm between A and B. So a lesion to the beta cells would potentially lower uh, insulin because it's hurting where the insulin is made. And then D, a hormone secreting tumor in the thyroid gland doesn't really mean anything to me because uh, that's not important. I don't think. And so I would have to remember where insulin is made. And I don't think anywhere in the passage it talks about where specifically it's made in the pancreas. Nope. Um, but one of the questions potentially gives it away to say a lesion to the beta cells of the pancreas. I'm like, oh, beta cells. And then B, a hormone secreting tumor in the beta cells. So it's, I think it's wanting to for me to pick between those two, <laughs> between B and C. And so just theory, my thought process is, again, 
you have to have too much insulin, uh, which is increasing the uptake of glucose out of the blood. Uh, so I would go with B, um, a hormone secreting tumor in the beta cells of the pancreas. B is correct. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, so the ideal way to answer that question is to uh, know your content, right? And know that insulin is um, created in the beta cells and not the alpha cells. Mm-hmm. Um, the alpha cells actually make a different hormone. Uh, can you guess what hormone that is? Oh, um, I could guess, but I would be wrong. <laughs> All right. I think it starts with uh, a D. Uh, no. Okay, darn it. <laughs> uh, it's glucagon. Okay. So insulin and glucagon are opposites. Uh, They're both made in the pancreas, though, with insulin made in the beta cells and glucagon made in the alpha cells. Okay. So it's kind of like a a shark and sharks and jets kind of thing with alpha and beta (laughs) fighting (laughs) each other. Exactly like that. All right. Great. Um, All right. So question seven. Oh, and by the way, your thought process was great there with the hormone secreting tumor, right? Because that tumor is going to release too much insulin as opposed to a lesion, which is like damage, which would impede insulin release. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Question seven. Which of the following are possible terminal amino acids for the cleaved peptide chain C? A, lysine and tryptophan. B, arginine and arginine. C, histidine and aspartate. Or D, glutamate and aspartate? I knew there was going to be amino acids. <laughs> uh, which of the following are possible terminal amino acids for the cleaved peptide chain C? Uh, I remember zero about amino acids, so I wouldn't even have a thought process to go down here. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I can talk you through it. Okay. Um, cause yeah, then that, that's just a sign, right? That, um, if you don't know your amino acids, there will be some questions where you just will have no idea. Mm-hmm. So make sure you know them, but basically here. So, um, each of these answer choices, just two amino acids, uh, our knowledge of the amino acids is probably going to help us. But first we need to go back to the passage because we just don't need to know anything, uh, in our memory about peptide chain C. So I would go back to the first time we see peptide chain C mentioned in the passage, mm-hmm. and that's in the beginning of the second paragraph. Yep. So, it, yeah, so there it is. Uh, it says, pro-insulin is cleaved at two basic amino acids to create insulin and a small peptide chain byproduct chain C. So two basic amino acids. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's really the only thing they mention about chain C in the whole passage. So we must be looking for two basic amino acids uh, as opposed to acidic ones or n- nonpolar ones, etc. Okay. And here, yeah, and then do you... Um, well, well, the the way that I read it, I'm like, oh, basic amino acids, not like complex amino acids. <laughs> that's, that's, it, that's one way to interpret it, but... <laughs> Yeah, we're looking for amino acids that have uh, basic properties in okay. acid-based chemistry. Okay. Yeah, and I don't remember my amino acids in acid, acid-based chemistry either. Yeah. Uh, I love acid-based chemistry, so I can tell you uh, the basic amino acids are arginine, lysine, and histidine. So here we have the only choice that includes two basic amino acids is B. It says arginine and then another arginine. Mm, okay. So, that's the one. Uh, the others are all wrong then. Um, A has lysine in it, but it, the other amino acid, tryptophan, is not basic. 
uh, C has histidine and aspartate, so that's histidine's basic, aspartate is acidic, and then D has glutamate and aspartate, which are two acidic ones. So lysine, arginine, histidine. Exactly. Are the basic ones. Do you, do you have a mnemonic to remember that? Oh, not really. Um, it's L-A-H. Um, I typically recommend you come up with your own mnemonics that are like related to your life. So maybe if you know someone with those initials or something like that. Um, but you will see amino acids so often throughout your prep that most likely you won't have a problem remembering those three. Okay. As long as you study. Well, that's the problem <laughs> since I took the MCAT about 20 plus years ago. <laughs> it's been a while since I've studied those. They weren't on there then. <laughs> really? They Amino acids? No, they weren't. They were added in 2015. You didn't need to know anything about them, so you're off the hook. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's why I know nothing about it. We'll, we'll leave it up to that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Question eight. Which of the following best explains why the insulin receptor mutation described in the passage results in stunted growth? A, since insulin can't bind insulin receptors, the cells don't get enough glucose, so growth is stunted. B, excess insulin competes for binding sites on IGF or insulin growth, insulin-like growth factor receptors. C, this disorder is most likely a side effect of diabetes. Or D, IGF normally binds insulin receptors. Um, so which of the following explains why an insulin receptor mutation results in stunted growth. Mm. So if we have a mutation of the insulin receptor, then insulin is not binding. And insulin, we know, is how glucose, in one way, um, and glucose gets into the cells. Um, and so A right away is like insulin can't bind, so cells don't get enough glucose, so growth is stunted. That seems to make sense. So I'm going to put that one up on the list right now. B, excess insulin competes for binding sites on IGF receptors. Um, and I think that one is uh, attempting because it's like, ooh, IGF. And so because IGF, which is a growth hormone, isn't being stimulated, uh, stimulating the uh, receptors and insulin is, then there's an issue there. Um, but I don't think it says IGF binds to a variety of receptors. And so not necessarily uh, something that insulin can can bind to. Uh, C, this is sort of most likely a side effect of diabetes doesn't make any sense. And D, IGF normally binds insulin receptors. And again, the passage says that it binds to a variety of receptors. So A is really the only one that logically makes sense and uh, makes sense based on what the passage says. So this is a really tough question. Oh, no. <laughs> a is the most, um, other than the correct answer here, uh, A is the most commonly picked uh, by students. So a lot of students fall into this trap. Um, <laughs> uh, and A does seem to make logical sense. But the problem with that is just that we're sort of naturally predisposed to try to relate glucose to growth, right? Because if cells don't get enough glucose, um, nothing can happen, right? We're, we are not getting enough energy. Um, the thing is that glucose doesn't directly relate to growth any more than it relates to anything else. 
right? It's not like, oh, like, like a, they're, they're saying like one of the notable side effects um, or the notable um, or one of the notable uh, symptoms of this disease is stunted growth. Mm-hmm. And a lack of getting enough glucose would cause all sorts of problems. There's no reason why it would cause stunted growth more than anything else. Um, but D with IGF normally binds insulin receptors. So the passage does say it binds a variety of receptors, but it, it never says anything about the proportions, right? It could bind insulin receptors pretty significantly and then maybe bind a few other receptors also. And if IGF normally binds insulin receptors and we have a mutation in insulin receptors, then we know for a fact, okay, IGF, which is a growth factor, so it must be linked to growth. Now it can't bind one of these types of receptors it typically binds to, so now we're going to have less growth. So D is a more direct answer. Oh, I don't like that question. <laughs> it's rough, but you can't, you know, you can't make logical jumps on the MCAT. MCAT's a very direct test. So making that jump between not enough glucose means not enough growth is a pretty big jump compared to not enough growth factor binding being not enough growth is a much smaller jump. Hmm. Okay. But we can move on. Okay. I um, feel defeated. <laughs> that's okay. We'll try this one. Um, question nine. If the body is producing insufficient insulin, downregulation of which of the following hormones would help lower plasma glucose concentration? A, cortisol, B, testosterone, C, prolactin-releasing hormone, or D, estrogen? Oh lower plasma not so not blood plasma so i think that's a big uh a big word that we need to make sure that we read properly um so inside the cell so well inside the cell is cytoplasm oh yeah <laughs> yeah see it's been a while um so should we we'll read lower plasma glucose as the same as blood glucose Essentially, yeah. right? Because pl- plasma, yeah, plasma is the fluid component of blood. Yeah. So plasma, you're totally right. Like plasma is different from blood, but essentially here it's, we can read it just like blood glucose. Okay. So I'm thrown off already. Um, all right. So uh, down regulation of which of the falling hormones would help lower plasma glucose and or blood glucose uh, concentration. So um, which one of these so um looking back i'm trying to think of the passage um i don't remember anything in the passage that would be similar or would help us figure this out so i'm wondering if this is going to be one of those pseudo discrete questions and i don't uh, i don't know <laughs> it might be it might well, be. I won't give it away. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, um, I, I, don't, I don't have enough knowledge to even think through it. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it is a pseudo-discrete question. So you were right about that. Uh, that's actually one of the hardest steps for a lot of students, right, to know, okay, this wasn't in the passage. I shouldn't go back and waste my time looking in the passage. Uh, this is just something I'm supposed to be able to answer from my own knowledge. And so if we rephrase the question, we see downregulation of which of the following hormones, so not having a, as much of one of these hormones, is going to help us lower plasma glucose, so lower blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we could answer this if we just knew right off the bat, um, or we could answer it by elimination, right? Because B, C, and D, we have testosterone, we have prolactin, releasing hormone, we have estrogen. And those are all hormones that are related to um, development of like the reproductive system uh, or um, like secondary sex characteristics, things mm-hmm. like that, but they're not related to blood sugar. Okay. And A is cortisol, and cortisol is actually a stress hormone. Cortisol actually d- does uh, increase blood sugar. So having downregulated cortisol would help lower blood sugar. So A is the answer. Okay. So, so that's just, just something you just want to know. Yeah. Or recognizing one of these is not like the other. Yes. Okay. I like that game too. That's a great game. Okay. So, all right. Talk about the, the, the what you had mentioned, me recognizing that it's a pseudo-discrete question so that I'm not wasting time, the student's not wasting time, going and digging through the passage, going, where is this, where is this, where is this? Is How does this flip switch for a student, this flip switch, this uh, uh, switch flip for a student um, when they're reading a question, how can they more quickly realize that it's more of a discrete question than a passage-based question, even if it's inside of a passage? It's a great question. Uh, so that is a really important skill to have. And there's a few things that can help, right? So the first step is just really knowing your content. So that that's one thing. If you don't know your content very well, or if you you know you haven't seen this content in a long time, you're going to really have no clue sometimes whether something comes from the passage or whether it's something you're supposed to know because you don't know what you're supposed to know. But if you know your content inside and out, as soon as you see hormones, you're going to think, okay, hormones are a huge topic of, of content knowledge I'm supposed to have on the MCAT. So you can see key words or key phrases like that and know, okay, this is something that typically they do ask questions like this about where I need to use my knowledge. Uh, And the other key is to just pay a lot of attention to what the question stem is saying and even what the answer choices are saying um, with regard to whether that was ever mentioned in the passage. So here, actually, cortisol, testosterone, estrogen, prolactin, releasing hormone, if we remembered if we actually read that passage and um, understood what we read, we would remember that it didn't talk about hormones at all and it never mentioned any of these. So it has to be a pseudo-discrete because we're not going to find anything in the passage that'll help us here. All righty. Right. All right, so there you have it. Next up, test prep, full-length 10, bio, biochem, passage 2. I hope you've been enjoying this breakdown of, of Next Step's full-length 10. Now, I ask students all the time, what are the best full-length exams that you can buy out there? The AAMC has their set of four. Three of them are scored. One of them is not scored. Are there any other good tests? And students tell me, Dr. Gray, next step test prep. The best tests out there, the ones that are most realistic to the AAMC, the ones that predict or seem to predict the score the best, it's Next Step Test Prep, which is why I love them as a company. I've been uh, supporting them and talking about them for a long time, and that's why I recommend their full-length exams. So check them out, nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save some money on their 
full-length exams or actually any of their products if you look into their course or, or anything else. MCAT Pod, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. And just to make you aware, I, I mention it every now and then, I don't get any sort of commission from that coupon code, uh, that MCAT Pod coupon code. I do not receive a commission. So MCAT Pod, all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time for Passage 3 of BioBioChem. Bio, Bio,